what all the girls say. Just do it and get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys. Greetings, friends. Welcome back. It's episode 26. What's up? I'm Katie. I'm Brittany. This is Literally Disturbed. Oh my God, we made it through. Look at that. I know. It only took 26 episodes. And lots of derailing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but thanks guys for listening yeah. still and keeping with us. We appreciate it. Hi, um, Hi, baby. Yeah, we got both the dogs in our studio. They're being extra attention-y. Yeah, they, they, they have the zoomies, them. and they're just full of energy, but, you know, Molly is very clingy and mm-hmm. towards me, so she has to be in the room with me. Yeah. Um. So if we get distracted by them, I'm sorry. They're cute. They are. So I'm just going to get right into mine, if you're cool with that, unless you have anything to, mm, nope. to say cool. I don't got nothing fun this week. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I have one thing. Can okay. I tell you one thing? This is kind of fun. Sure. I already told her, but she didn't really think it was cool, so whatever. Maybe I will. (laughs) Okay. So I was was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and I see this video of this bird. Excuse Excuse you, you. Lulu. She's rolling around on the bed. She's just, I don't know. She's funny. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Just ignore her. Anyways, so I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I see this video of this bird that's (laughs) beatboxing, right? Uh Making all these really cool sounds. And it's a very unique looking (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, Oh my goodness. I'm going to go take you to your dad. (laughs) Let me go do that real quick. Sorry. And then you can tell them about your bird. One (laughs) second. Okay, sorry. We're back. (laughs) Okay, so this bird. This bird was like, obviously, aside from the very unique sounds that it was making, Mm -hmm. it had like a unique look to it, right? It's it's very cute. it's, It's like black with blue and purple like shimmers and then it has like speckles on it okay so I'm like all right I gotta figure out what kind of bird this is Mm -hmm. for those of you you don't know I'm a huge animal lover freak person in general but I really love birds and I think they're really cool and strange and just interesting and so I'm like okay let's see if I can find a bird to make my friend (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) so no okay but listen so I google it and I find out that it's called a European starling which I'm sure people who know birds are like, duh, like, okay, what? It's just a, yeah. But I've never heard of them. I've never seen them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. And then I found out, you know, because it says European starling. So I was like, oh, that's Europe. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, these birds were introduced into New York in 1890, I believe. There was a hundred of them that they released. Mm-hmm. And now there is over, this was, like I said, in 1890. Now, there's over 200 million of them, and they're all across the United States. Like, Damn. apparently, they're a very invasive bird. Oh <laughs> they, well, in a sense that they don't make their own nest. They, like, take over other nesting oh, areas. That's fucked up. Yeah, they're kind of bullies, but they're really cute, and they make pretty sounds. Uh, <laughs> so, welcome to the bird podcast. <laughs> that's what we're turning into. Shh, no, okay, hold on. I'm almost done. Okay, this is, the whole reason I'm telling you this is there, there's, like, a... There's a thing behind it, okay? Okay. So you remember <laughs> you remember how we had that uh, that episode about synchronicities and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, so I Google this, right? Google it, search it. I'm like, oh, cool, they're in Texas. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go find one. And as you all know, you know, I'm an Uber delivery driver, so I go and deliver food to people all day. It's glorious. I actually really do love my job. But um, I come to this apartment, and I walk up, and I shit you not. There's like four of them on the staircase that I walk by and they're singing and then just making the most Aww. beautiful sounds. And I was like, oh, 
This is literally the next day. And I had never seen them, heard them, nothing. Yeah. And then I was like, so frustrated because I was on a double delivery. And if anyone, for those of you that don't understand what that is, you know, sometimes Uber will have you pick up two orders either from one restaurant or two different restaurants. Mm -hmm. And it was my first delivery. So I had to go drop off the food, take a picture, but I'm like freaking out about these birds, right? Right. (laughs) So So you're distracted. Hurry up, up, get this over with so I can make a video because I wanted to make a video (laughs) of it. And Oh, my stupid phone. So whenever you whenever you hit delivered and you're and you have another delivery, it'll just automatically sync like pull up the Google Maps so it, it like directs you to where your, the next address mm-hmm. is. So that's what it did. I'm sitting here trying to pull up my camera. I finally get it up and I'm about to hit record and then it pulls up the GPS. It's like no, so you're then it working. makes it yes. So <laughs> then it makes it all like it does it twice. And I'm like, what the fuck? I just want to video these birds <laughs> and finally I get a video and you can't even see the bird like unless you just look really close and you can hear it make a couple really cool sounds but not like like I'm telling you this bird was like right in front of me singing to me and it was the coolest thing and I couldn't get it on camera I'm so sorry but short short story long I thought it was cool because of the synchronicity oh my gosh <laughs> well there you go I guess that so now I'm on a I'm yeah I'm like a a starling hunt. I want to go find some starlings in my, but it, the only sad thing is, is, you know, I, I live out in the country by a lake and they are more city dwellers because oh. that gives them more opportunities to find homes to like, so you can't make one a friend. At I your don't house. know. This probably not as likely to find one around my house. No, unless you kidnap one. Oh, and speaking of, oh my goodness. <laughs> so there's only three birds in the United States that are not protected. Okay. okay. So all other birds that Pigeons. are in the wild, Pigeons, starlings, and there's another European bird that's uh, I think it's a so swallow many. or something. No, because they're not native to our land. Oh. It's only native birds that are protected, and these three aren't gotcha. because it was introduced from Europe. So you can actually go and if you find a fledgling or something, you can keep it as a pet and you won't get in trouble. Oh, okay. I see where you're going with that. Let's not do that though. Oh, I'm um, not. I've already researched it and you have to have a whole lot of space. But I did think about going in my local park and maybe building like a little stop. roost for them so they could live in and I can visit. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, you're okay. Uh, that's me, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love birds and I have to, you know, that's one of my favorite things about my job is all the animals I get to see. Okay. <sighs> You get to see. Oh, I, I got to. <gasps> okay. Speaking of, I'm really sorry, you guys. I saw the cutest fucking pug last night. It was insane. Okay. okay. You're done. <laughs> okay. I think I got all my derailing out. Okay. I think. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm putting my head down in shame. <laughs> I can't with you. Okay. So we're what gonna- would you do without me, though? I know. I know. Oh. You're very entertaining. Um, okay, so I'm just going to get into my brutal murder story. Oh, okay. on that note. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, so are we good? Can I'm I good. Go? I'm okay. good. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> so this is the story of Skylar Niece. Skylar Niece. Do I know this? I feel like I know this name. Do I know You this probably name? do. It's, it's <sighs> a common one that people cover a lot, but it kind of reminds me of the Slenderman killings, kind of. Oh, okay. It kind of has that same, like, it's... Yeah, it's up. okay. So I'm going to cite my sources real quick: um, Ranker.com, Wikipedia, and Grunge.com. Okie doke. So, Skylar Annette Niece was a 4.0 student from Morgantown, West Virginia. She was born on February 10th, 1996. So she's like about a year younger than I am, which she would be now. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was an only child of Mary and Dave Niece. 
Uh, her mother, Mary, worked as an administrative assistant in a cardiac lab, and her father, Dave, was a product assembler at Walmart. Okay. Skylar was a sophomore at University High School in Star City, West Virginia, where they lived, and she had dreams of becoming a criminal lawyer. Oh, well, that's neat. Mm-hmm. It's like she was apparently like a really good student, mm-hmm. like super smart, loved books. Um, Into the Twilight series, which that was big at the time, because <laughs> um, this was um, back in 2012. So, uh-huh. like I said, in 2012, she was 16 years old. She had a job at the local Wendy's and with her two best friends, Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schoff. Skylar had met Sheila at the age of eight, and they were best friends. They were so close that Sheila was actually considered part of the family. Mm-hmm. So kind of like Emily and I when we right, were young. Yeah. Um, so Sheila and Skylar had met Rachel in high school, and they all became inseparable. Mm-hmm. But they started to have issues in their friendship. Skylar was getting jealous that Sheila and Rachel were becoming so close, and she kind of felt left out. So, you know, just kind of typical threesome, best friends, you know. You know how it goes, girls. Yeah. So, (laughs) on July 5th, 2012, Skylar returned to her family's apartment after working a shift at Wendy's. Mm -hmm. Sheila and Rachel had invited Skylar to sneak out with them. Skylar was a little hesitant because she had recently had a falling out with the two. But after some phone calls and texts from the girls, Skylar changed her mind and decided she was going to go. So, at about 12.30 a.m., Skylar snuck out of her bedroom. Her apartment was on the bottom floor, so it was really easy. She didn't have to do some kind of ninja (laughs) stuff. So she had pushed a bench under her bedroom window to make it easier for her to climb out, and then she kicked out the screen and climbed out the window. So she crossed the street and got into a back seat of a four-door sedan. Law enforcement officers later determined that the sedan had belonged to Sheila Eddy, which was one of her besties. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, The three girls then headed northwest from Star City towards Blacksville using U.S. Route 19, but they had originally planned to travel along West Virginia Route 7, but turned around after spotting a state police car parked in front of a gambling lounge. But they eventually arrived where they used to go smoke some marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) So they went to, like, their normal smoke spot. Right, chill sesh. And that's probably why they turned around and used a different route because they didn't want the popo to see them. <laughs> so Rachel and Sheila had been planning Skylar's murder for months. Oh. This is where I said it kind of gets Slenderman-ish. Uh, they left Sheila's house prepared to carry out the murder on Skylar, bringing with them kitchen knives, paper towels, bleach, cleaning cloths, clean clothes, and a shovel. They concealed their knives on their persons and hid the remaining items in the trunk of Sheila's car. Once the girls were out of the vehicle, they told Skylar that they had forgotten to bring a lighter. So Skylar volunteered to go back to the car to get her own lighter. Once Skylar had turned her back, Rachel and Sheila began counting to three, which was their agreed-upon signal. Upon giving the signal, Rachel and Sheila began to stab Skylar. She attempted to run, but was only able to run a few feet before Rachel tackled her to the ground and continued the assault. During the attack, Skylar managed to wrestle Rachel's knife from her and, in the apparent attempt to defend herself, cut Rachel's knee. Sheila continued to stab Skylar until there was complete silence, and according to Rachel, Skylar's neck stopped making gurgling noises. Skylar's postmortem ex- examination revealed that she had more than 50 stab wounds. God. Like, okay, so afterwards, Rachel and Sheila attempted to bury her. 
first dragging Skylar to the side of the road, which would not work because the road ran along a creek and the soil there was too hard and rocky to dig a hole, which had been the original plan. They instead covered Skylar's body with rocks, fallen branches, and dirt. Rachel and Sheila then returned to the car to clean themselves and the murder scene. Upon completing the murder and cleaning up, Rachel and Sheila left the scene, disposed of their blood-soaked clothing, and returned to their homes. Like nothing happened. The next morning on July 6th, the parents found the screen and the bench Skylar used to sneak out in her closet. The apartment security footage showed her climbing out the window, but it didn't capture the car or the people waiting outside. They figured that she would come back, but when she missed work for the first time ever, her parents knew something was wrong, and they called the police to report her missing. Mm -hmm. Later that day, Sheila called Skylar's parents to tell them what had happened. Quote, air quotes, you know. She said that her and their other best friend Rachel convinced Skylar to sneak out with them that night so they could drive around and get high together. They said when they dropped her off at home later that night, they dropped her off down the street instead of directly in front of the home so they wouldn't wake up her parents. I mean, I've used that tactic before. (laughs) So it's possible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, So so police thought it could have been a runaway case, but her parents found that not to be the case. Her contact lenses were still in her bedroom, said her mother Mary. Everything that a girl would take, it was there. Toothbrush, hairbrush. She took her cell phone, but not her charger. Yeah, so so she was coming back. Yeah, But police thought, of course, it was a runaway case, so they did not issue an Amber Alert. See, this is what I don't understand in in this scenario. She's a child. I don't care if it is a runaway case. You investigate until you either find her or find a body or you have no other sources. Right. You know, it doesn't matter what you think happened. You don't know. That's Mm -hmm. your job is to investigate and find out what, not to use your prejudgment and Mm -hmm. create the scene that you want. Yep. (sighs) Sorry. Anyways. You're fine. (laughs) I feel the same way. So an early tip indicated that Skylar had been seen in North Carolina, but the Star City Police Department determined that the person spotted was not Skylar. Skylar's parents posted flyers about their missing daughter in that county region. Police determined that the unknown sedan in which Skylar was last seen belonged to Sheila, and they interviewed her. Sheila admitted to picking up Skylar, but stated that she had dropped her off an hour later. The FBI and West Virginia State Police joined the search for Skylar on September 10, 2012, and began interviewing Skylar's school friends. Mind you, this happened in July, mm-hmm. and they didn't. The FBI they didn't, didn't get start involved until September. September. The main theory police had was that Skylar had went to a house party and overdosed, and that Sheila and Rachel were too scared to admit it so that they hid her body. Mm-hmm. Um, so when an investigator, Jessica Colbank, went to interview Sheila for the first time, she thought that Sheila's demeanor was suspicious. Right. She told 2020 later that she was, quote, just complete blank on emotions, and there was absolutely nothing. It was, like, iced over. So when Jessica went to interview Rachel, she said she seemed extremely nervous. Plus, their stories were identical, which could be considered bad, a bad sign to investigators, because it's rehearsed. Yeah. So investigators reviewed surveillance videos and cell phone records, and they found that, of course, Sheila and Rachel were lying about what happened that night. Because the surveillance video showed Skylar getting into the car at 12.35 a.m., even though they both said they had picked her up at 11 p.m. and dropped her off an hour later at midnight. So police told Skylar's parents that Rachel and Sheila had a secret. 
So at this point, Skylar's parents and some classmates start to put pressure Joel on Rachel and Sheila to tell them what really happened. Mm -hmm. So on December 28th, 2012, after she got back from Catholic church camp, Rachel had a nervous breakdown. Oh, Oh, I could see that going to church camp after just murdering mm-hmm. your best friend. Yeah, I could see some some guilt laying on you. Uh, yes. <laughs> so she was committed to a psychiatric hospital where she had no contact with Sheila. And she was discharged about a week later on January 3rd, 2013, which is when she told her attorney and police that she and Sheila stabbed Skylar to death. Police were super shocked because they didn't think that that's what would happen. They right. thought that she had overdosed and they were just scared to come right. and tell them what happened. Yeah. They didn't think they actually did it. Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel led the police to the side of the body. She tried to go undercover and talk to Sheila with a mic on, but Sheila wouldn't incriminate herself. So, but she knew. Yeah. But her leading them to the side of the body, knowing where it was at. Right. And they found blood on Sheila's car. So that was enough proof right. to get them both. Right. To connect the. Yeah. yeah. So she told investigators, this is Rachel, told investigators the motivation for the murder was that they didn't like her and didn't want to be friends with her anymore. And that was it. You know, um, uh, uh-huh. I've had a lot of friends in my life come and go. Yeah. And I feel like if that, w- that was how you stop being friends. Just to get rid of them like, like that. What yeah. the what the fuck? <laughs> I would have been murdered 40 million times uh, by now. Same. <laughs> like what? Same. Listen, guys. Uh huh. So we obviously, like at the beginning, I said that they had a falling out. Mm-hmm. There was some jealousy over Rachel. Right. Yeah. Um, not Rachel, Sheila, sorry. Because Sheila was the main friend. Mm-hmm. And so here are some tweets that happened a couple days before the murder happened. And this is on Skylar's Twitter. Oh, okay. And you can just Google Skylar Niece Twitter and it'll pop up. But if you just want to go look, it's at... Hi, with two eyes as the underscore sky. Um, so on July 2nd, she said, people can be so mean for absolutely no reason. And then a couple of days later on, on the 4th of July, here's a few different ones. It says, it really doesn't take much to piss me off. Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with you all too. Stress will be the death of me. You doing shit like that is why I never completely trust you. So that was just a few different tweets. Mm -hmm. So Dave, the father, stated that these two girls were among his daughter's best friends and that Sheila had even helped the family look for her by distributing missing persons flyers. Mm -hmm. On March 13, 2013, U.S. Attorney William J. Einelfeld (laughs) issued a press release stating that a body found in Wayne Township, Greene County, Pennsylvania, on January 16, 2013, had been identified as the body of Skylar. Skylar's body was found less than 30 miles away from her home. All right, so this is where we get into what they get charged with. So on May 1st, 2013, Rachel pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. So according to Rachel's plea agreement, she pleaded guilty to murder in the second degree by unlawfully, willfully, maliciously, and intentionally causing the death of Skylar by stabbing her and causing fatal injuries. In the plea agreement, the state of West Virginia recommended a a sentence of 40 years. Rachel's family issued a public apology for her actions through their lawyer. On September 4th, 2013, prosecutors publicly identified Sheila as the second alleged perpetrator of the murder of Skylar and announced that she would be tried as an adult. 
Sheila was indicted by a grand jury on September 6, 2013, with one count of kidnapping, one count of first-degree murder, and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. Sheila pleaded not guilty to these charges. So I guess she didn't take the plea deal like Rachel did. Yeah, because obviously Mm -hmm. Rachel took the plea deal. (laughs) Yeah. So the date of the trial was originally set for January 2018. 2014 however facing the prospect of charges from pennsylvania authorities in addition to the west virginia charges sheila pleaded guilty to first degree murder she expressed no remorse she was sentenced to life in prison with mercy under west virginia law she is eligible for parole after 15 years pennsylvania yeah pennsylvania authorities did not file charges as per the plea deal okay you have to pause for a second okay so following her guilty plea on may 1st 2013 rachel received a sentence of 30 years in prisons and will be eligible for parole in 10 years um sheila originally was held in a facility for juveniles after her arrest but both women are incarcerated at the lakin correctional center in mason county so they get to be still together i guess like that's i don't think they should be no i think they should be separated (laughs) you know how i said that they did not issue an amber alert right so now there is a new law called it's called skyler's law so, an Amber Alert was not issued for Skylar's disappearance because the circumstances did not meet all four criteria for an alert to be issued. So, the four criterias are, one, a child is believed to be abducted. Mm-hmm. Two, the child is under 18, mm-hmm. which she was. Right. Um, three, the child may be in danger of death or serious injury, which she, she was. was. <laughs> um, four, there is sufficient information to indicate the Amber Alert would be helpful. A waiting period of 48 hours had to lapse before a teenager could be considered missing. A West Virginia state legislator from the Schuyler Family Home District introduced a bill called Schuyler's Law to modify West Virginia's Amber Alert plan to issue immediate public announcements when any child is reported missing and in danger, regardless of whether the child is believed to have been kidnapped. Because think about it. Even if a child does intentionally run away, they're still in danger. They're yeah. freaking children. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, anybody can yeah. grab them. And they can be in a bad situation. So like you anything. should still be actively searching for them, regardless yes. of what the causation of them mm-hmm. being missing is. Yes, I agree. So opinion columns appeared in both West Virginia and national media in support of Schuyler's Law, some of which also acknowledge criticism and drawbacks of legislation. So, on March 27, 2013, the West Virginia House of Delegates approved Schuyler's Law, which, with a 98-0 to zero vote, oh, which is wow. good. Yeah. On April 12, 2013, West Virginia Senate unanimously passed the law, but made minor technical changes to the bill, which the House of Delegates voted to accept on the same day. So, what, um, West Virginia Governor Earl Ray Tomlin signed the legislation into law in May 2013. That's awesome. Yeah. Something did from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched a lot of documentaries this week, you guys. I did a lot Mm. of driving and I would just listen to it in the background. But anyways, three different cases I listened to this week about women being kid well, two of them were underage. One of them was like in her early twenties. But on all of them, it was like their initial reaction was they did like it was intentional. Like they intentionally ran away. And or they the one of them was that she faked the whole thing. Because I guess there's a movie called Gone Girl. And it's about this woman who staged her own kidnapping. Okay. And so this happened, like, not long after that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And they thought that because it sounded so crazy and that the kidnapper released her that there's no way that it could have possibly happened. Oh. And so for a long time, until the, until the kidnapper actually came out and was like, no, fuck? I did this. Quit calling her a liar. Oh. <laughs> 
it's a crazy story. But anyways, yeah. And there was another girl who was essentially kidnapped from her high school teacher. A I 50, heard, yeah. yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, I just watched that yesterday. That's so and nasty. He basically groomed me. She didn't have anyone in her life. I, yeah. You know, and she just, and he talked her into it mm-hmm. and she felt like she had to. But that's not, even if she did willingly go, that's still... She's still in danger because yeah. she's with a fucking pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> For sure. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, that's a crazy story, though. That poor kid. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, when you're sitting here telling me these things, and obviously from all the stories that we've done and the research we do each week, you know, when I sit back and, and I'm, I'm listening to these stories and I'm, I'm seeing what's happening, and I just, I try to understand why. Like, what was the purpose of this murder? Where did this... Like, where did that click start that, okay, this is what I have to do? You know, right. why Why do you, like, where does it go from just being upset and, you know, in that moment of where do you, like, where is that disconnect where you're just like, I'm going to kill this person, you know? Right. And then your excuse is, oh, we just didn't want to be friends with her. I just, I'm trying to understand. Obviously, mental illness is a very real thing, and it's something that we are just now beginning to fully understand. And there's still so much we don't understand, but mm-hmm. I just... I cannot wrap my mind around because you think about those moments in your life where you do something really bad mm-hmm. and it's just like that moment sets in and you're like, God, I just wish I could go back and redo this. I wish I could just like, it was so stupid. Why did I do this? You know? Yeah. And I just think about that feeling. Like I just replay that feeling and I try to have empathy and put myself in their position and try to like understand their realizations. And I just, there's so, so many cases that I don't like this, this, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and how do you live with yourself after that? Like, how do you go back to just trying to be a normal teenager again? Well, just like the DJ freeze guy, the one that I covered. I watched a documentary on that again too. Like he got, he just went about it. Like he, nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. And he just got to live like a full, not a full life, but pretty much. I mean, he had a family. He lived a long, it was a long time afterwards. And so it just, but he acted like nothing ever happened. No one ever suspected a thing. He just went on living his life. So it's just, I guess, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't get it. Rachel snapped. And so she told on them. Sheila wasn't going to go down. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that. One of the things I watched too was another, like an update on the Slenderman girls, which Mm -hmm. is funny that we're talking about this. And they, I believe they've both been transferred now to mental facilities. Okay, good. So they're getting Mm -hmm. some kind of mental health help things and tell anyways uh on that note i'm gonna stop rambling now and get into my story okay it's a short one you guys y'all should be proud of me that we're not gonna it's probably short but who knows how long we're gonna derail true that but we're gonna try to rail it in because we've been doing a lot of that lately i know i try to like when i edit i try to cut out a lot of shit. Anyways, okay, so uh, I'm going to first tell you what I'm doing. Um, so I discovered in my paranormal inquiries mm-hmm. the Casablanca Inn. Okay. Which is in St. Augustine, Florida. Okay. Which, as I told you earlier, mm-hmm. is like a super haunted town. And then one day we're going to have to vacation there and go stay at all these haunted hotels okay. and shit. Probably this one. Although, well, I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll stay at this hotel. So my sizes, my sizes, <laughs> my sources are <laughs> TripAdvisor, OldCityGhost.com, and OnlyInYourState.com. Okay, so according to AKA Girl Stuff on TripAdvisor, this is the uh, the review of this hotel that captured my interest. Okay. And I was like, okay, you got to check this out. Mm-hmm. Quote, can't believe no one has mentioned that this hotel is one of America's 10 most haunted hotels by the Discovery Channel. My husband and I went for a four-night anniversary trip. 
the building and location is beautiful because it's literally like right on the ocean, mm-hmm. like right there. Okay. Um. Yep. So weird stuff started happening the first night we were there, like a light turning on and off, even after it was unplugged. We sensed a presence of some sort in our room the entire day. I didn't even want to take a bath in fear of someone or something watching. Ew. We were sleep deprived after this day as we attempted to sleep with our heads under our pillows so that we wouldn't hear the noises in the room in the house. Fuck. We had been asked to pay in advance. Now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's see what's going on here. I literally, there's like almost 900 reviews on there. And they're all about the haunted things that Well, go not on. all of them, but I searched through a whole bunch to find <laughs> these reviews for you guys. Okay. okay. So I didn't get a whole, whole lot, but I got a couple of the reviews from there and then just other accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Smoke-a-Moke says, Smoke-a-Moke. Smoke-a-Moke. My husband and I just returned from a stay at a wonderful little inn. We stayed in room 30 at the Secret Garden. The, the grounds in the room were beautiful. We enjoyed our breakfast overlooking the bay in the morning and enjoyed our martinis in the afternoon. Pleasant people running the inn. No problems with staff service or the front desk. Did experience some strange things in our room that cannot be explained. I guess maybe the ghost decided to make a visit in our room while we were there. We'll stay again. So this kind of reminds me of, so our dad and our stepmom went to New Orleans. This is exactly what I thought of too. And they stayed at, I don't know which hotel, but. It's supposed to be one of the most haunted hotels in New Orleans. But they didn't know this, (laughs) like little ding-dongs they are. And. They had so many weird things happen to them, and we might have dad just write us in, like, a little listener story, and we can just tell what happened, but they were like, oh, yeah, well, we found out afterwards. Yeah, they were on the driving home. And they were reading reviews, because they're like, wow, like, there's just some weird stuff going on, and they started reading the reviews, and we're like, oh, Oh, that's that's why. We were in the most haunted room there. I don't remember all the details, but I remember one that stuck out to me was... He was, like, fiddling with the TV or something, and our stepmom was, like, sitting in one of the little, like, lounge chairs behind him in the corner, mm-hmm. and I think she was, like, listening to her headphones or something, and he was, like I said, he was fiddling with the TV, trying to, make, like, get it to work. I don't know. I guess it's an old TV, and he heard this couple in the next room, and he's, like, it sounded like they were, you know, drunk and getting at getting it. friendly, you know, and because like, they were just really loud, like you could just hear them laughing and laughing and just obviously mm-hmm. other yeah. noises. But yeah, nobody was even in that room the whole time they were there. It was completely blocked <laughs> off. Yeah. Like they was under construction. So nobody he said that there. he could look into the balcony window from their window because mm-hmm. he was like trying to see what was going on. Right. Yeah. Not like a creeper As way. he was standing out there, he yeah. heard them talking. Like as and he was out on the balcony, he said so it he kind of looked in. Yeah. He said it was completely pitch black in there. No one was in there. Yeah. So, so that was super weird. Anyways, back to your story. Sorry. No, it's fine. So Bill A says, was wrinkled while the rest of the bed was perfectly made up. Rather odd, as though someone had been lying in the bed. I went back downstairs to the main desk and informed Amanda. She followed me back to the room and acknowledged what I had observed. She told me that this had occurred at times before, but it had been quite some time ago and nothing noticeable had occurred since. Things like that really do not bother me as I've witnessed some strange things in the past at a couple other places in St. Augustine. During the night, I had a restful sleep and it was very quiet and comfortable. No rattling of chains, voices, or apparitions. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for an attractive female spirit to slide under the sheets and keep Ew. me warm. Not. Well, I still haven't seen the female ghost. So, qu- one thing that I'm curious about is the front desk person said that hadn't happened in a while. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder why certain guests Experience await it. that energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, a, what about... That's a good question. 
them made like the, triggers it. Yeah, so maybe they're just more like in tune or yeah, have more, more. I don't know. And maybe it's not even like a conscious thing, but maybe just their wavelength that they're on maybe. is more in tune with that than other people. Even if they aren't actively against supernatural, they just don't mm-hmm. really believe in it, so it's not even anything in their awareness. Yeah. So maybe that's. Yeah. Why? Because, you know, dad's always been into, like, weird paranormal shit. Right. So that's a good question, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Casa Blanca Inn. Okay. It's a Mediterranean revival, old-style tow-story inn. The inn and its carriage house were constructed way back in 1914. The architect was one Mr. Butler, and the place was originally called the Matanzas, Matanzas Hotel. So the original hotel. Mm-hmm has like a kind of a sketchy background or sketchy history I guess so basically Matanza is Spanish for I guess it means slaughter or massacre oh yeah and the reason is that the bay in which the hotel was built is called the Matanza Bay and it dates back to the Spanish conquistador Pedro Menendez and how he uh, established St. Augustine Menendez was tasked by the crown to get rid of some 100 or so French Protestants that were living on the shores of St. Augustine. Gotcha. So basically he just went and slaughtered all of them. The hotel was finished and the day-to-day duties was handed down to Mrs. Bradshaw. During the early part of the hotel's history, the joint Bradshaw was ran as a clean, comfortable, and prosperous boarding house. The place was known for its excellent meals, warm hospitality, and all-around family vibe. Then, as times change, so does sometimes your business practice. Mm-hmm. You got to keep up with times if you want to keep going. So she became one of the region's most conniving smugglers. This chick was... Of what? Of... People? Drugs? No. So at this point, it was in, we were in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Because remember, it was... Oh, 19- alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the 20s, Great Depression, mm-hmm. and then the Prohibition came. Yeah. But even though it's illegal, people still want their alcohol. Yeah. So she saw immediately an opportunity. For sure. Yeah. So she was like, let's let's concoct some plan and get some <laughs> smuggling in here, okay? Because of the Great Depression, obviously, she was, like, super struggling. The mm-hmm. hotel was in the red. Like, she was starting to panic, and so this is why she decided to do this. She became one of the most prestigious rum runners in the region, She started to coordinate drops and strategize with a slew of Captain Morgans from Cuba. (laughs) Aside from her vantage point and space to to house the illegal moonshine of Batista, Bradshaw had a client list. G-men were constantly coming to stay at her place. It was a perfect locale. Flagler's and other places were too costly, and the Casablanca had a reputation for its homespun nature. Um, She had a pipeline into the federal manhunt for smugglers and the like. So basically, when she knew that the cops were out of town, she would climb the stairs with her lantern up to the second story window, and she would signal to her smugglers, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, coast is clear. Like a lighthouse, kind of? Yeah. And so, you know, they would be sitting in the shadows waiting for Mm -hmm. the signal. But see, the thing is, is she was appealing to both of them, like to both. She had the cops in her pocket and the smugglers, because she would be a Susie homemaker, sweet, nicey-nice to the cops when they were around. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And they never suspected her. Of course. Right. So, yeah, they would come in and dump off all their stuff. She did this a couple years and financially sound. She had the system going. She's, like, right under the FBI's nose. They had no idea. Mm-hmm. But everyone 
in the town knew what she was doing. The whole town was imbibing her product. So basically everybody was coming to her for the alcohol. Okay. The feds brought her in. They would become the laughing stock of their peers, pulling the wool over their eyes for years, running a thriving industry and a trade right where they slept. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So that would be super embarrassing. And the police departments, you know, sometimes those men are, are led with their egos. Mm-hmm. We, we know that happens sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like this would be one of those ego bruises. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess she ended up basically doing this all her life. She did it until she died. She passed away peacefully oh, in her sleep good. and she never got I mean, in trouble. Not that she died, but right. Like, but she died of old age. Yeah. She lived her life, was able to keep yeah. doing this and run her business, blah, blah, blah. There's a reason why Capone and the Chicago outfit never made a play for St. Augustine. You have to understand St. Augustine was a frontiers town and had a great bay and a gigantic shore. So why did Capone go from Miami and leave St. Augustine alone? Was it the fort, the police presence, or was it the fact that Bradshaw had already claimed the, the place as her territory and had the backing of smugglers that made Capone's goons seem positively mellow by comparison? So basically, she was some badass bitch running her own smuggling game. <laughs> so bitch. much so that Capone and that Chicago outfit, which we know who ran the Chicago yeah, outfit. didn't want to fuck with that. Yeah, they didn't. And that was a prime location. Like they just mm-hmm. described, you know, it was right on the bay. There was a bunch of tourists. It would have yeah. been a great area, but they wouldn't touch it. Good. Yeah, so I mean, she yeah. she marked her territory, but obviously a lot of shit went down there, you know. Right, you know, with that kind of stuff, right. there's other there's bad other things bad things that, that happen. Yeah. You know, you got to keep people quiet. <laughs> uh, so let's get into some of the hauntings. Since then, and has been a scene of thousands of supernatural reports. People who have stayed inside constantly complain about the eerie sound emanating from the walls. The wailings and the screams. Oh. hmm The most common thing is that folks normally out in high tide constantly report seeing a red light in one of the rooms, a burning flame. Oh, so she's still... Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, lamp. It's, yep, it's the same room where she would go and signal to her people. Oh. So they're out in the ocean, you know, hanging out, and then they'll see the... That's so cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's cool. I think that would be cool, too. Many have witnessed a misty fog that floats through the air in several different spots around the inn, including the halls, guest rooms, and the property outside. Other guests have claimed that at the center of these hauntings is a lonely female guest who was said to be the innkeeper, Mm -hmm. and she fell in love with one of the smugglers who found solace at the hotel. Mm. The smuggler ended up dying at sea, and ever since, guests and anglers have said that they've seen disembodied lantern floating in the air looking for her long-lost love. It's so it's cute. Other visitors have claimed that they've heard footsteps in the hall where no one was there, or photos coming back with a woman standing behind. Many visitors have also claimed to have heard children playing in different rooms while none were staying at the inn, or even felt someone touching their shoulder despite being alone in the room. And others witness a small child vanish into a wall. Oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. So that's all the, the hauntings I've got. But I do have a little bit more that I wanted to talk about about this hotel. So remember, this hotel was built in 1914 in a bay on Florida. So what do you think about buildings that are on a bay? Well, they're probably filled with mold. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, it's moisture. There's moisture everywhere yeah. all the time. It never goes away, right? Right. I'm, I'm reminding you that there was almost 900 reviews on this thing, right? Uh-huh. Most of them talked about how dingy and, and I don't want to, like, look. I think that this hotel is pretty cool. And I know that the owners, like, because all the reviews have replies from the owners. And they're uh-huh. like, look, we're, we're renovating. We know that there's a lot of problems. We're really trying to fix it up. Yeah. And, 
and stuff like that. But I guess that there's just a lot of half-assed stuff that's been going on. Like they'll, they'll like halfway paint a wall, but it because there's like a different color underneath, they don't paint it all the way so you can still see different colors on the walls. Like Okay. At, yeah, cracked tiles in the bathroom. And there was like a vanity that's not even bolted down to anything. So it just like moves around as you're trying to use it. And you want to stay at this place? Uh, well, and that's why I was like, well, maybe. We can do like one night <laughs> I feel like we don't I, sleep there. I feel like maybe we'll just go check it out. Because there's actually, yeah. and I don't know why I didn't have this in my notes, but um, there's actually, it's called like the teeny martini bar or something. There's a bar that's connected underneath. Okay, so we can go without actually having Yeah, to we can room. go and hang out and like go to the bar. Because everyone, like there's a lot of people that said when you're a guest there, like each day you get $25 off of a meal. Because it's a diner. It's like a diner bar. Kind of, you can okay. eat there too. So they'll give you like $25 to go towards a meal. And then they give you $15 for just drinks at the bar. Okay. So a lot of people obviously would utilize that. And they're like, the bar, the cafe, that place is great. Super awesome. Mm -hmm. Great environment. And everyone said that all the employees were amazing. I only saw like maybe a couple comments that said even like the slightest negative thing about the staff. Mm -hmm. They would sit there and rail the state. Right. Yeah. But everyone was like, but the staff were so amazing. They were so nice and blah, blah, blah. So they're trying, guys. Like if you do go in there sometime I don't right now maybe wait a couple years but yeah they're they're doing renovations and I don't know if it's a new owner or what but they're trying to fix it up and but with renovations come more oh ghosties yeah. they're stirring up more shit yeah Ooh, they're so awaking more that. than yeah. they probably weren't awoken before that's true that might yeah. be why they're half-assed shit because they're like I gotta get, I gotta out, get out of here I can't <laughs> do this anymore <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of issues with humidity too that they're complaining about. I don't know. I just feel like it'd You're be a in cool Florida. place to check it out. Like, yeah, you what get, do you expect yeah. to happen? You know? Yeah, that's like what. Honestly, that's one of my favorite things. Is just I love the beach. Yeah, and just to smell the salt in the mm-hmm. air and just be sticky with yep. like the humidity. I don't know. I just love it. We had some know. good times. Remember that time when we went down to the docks when we were at our great grandparents. <gasps> And you freaking called the alligators. I was like eight. Yeah, she was there little. Was, first time I've ever been to Florida. There was these alligators and they were little tiny babies. Their mama was somewhere else and we were fishing off the dock. Because where we where we were at, we were visiting our great-grandparents' house and they live in like one of those old little old folks', folks trailer church. with the golf carts driving around yeah. right by the docks where you can go fishing right yeah, there. Yeah, so it was like a, a community for yeah. older people. So we were fishing and there's these little baby alligators and they were calling for their mom and they were making this weird clicking noise uh-huh. well i started mimicking yep. it and the mama alligator came right to literally, us literally there was a couple of them that came i remember there was a couple yes. of them swarmed the little do- dock that we yeah, were on so we got on the golf couldn't get to start oh yeah and it's they're coming towards us oh, and, was, yeah. and they're like katie katie stop making it because i thought i was funny yeah and so we finally get the little golf cart and it, it's slow as shit because there's like four of us on it and then we just take off luckily nothing happened but it was kind of funny nobody else thought it was funny uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. I do think it was funny. Like, I looking back, I'm like, holy shit, she's actually making them. Come. And they did. They came. They did. And they were making that weird noise. They were, uh-huh. they, they probably thought you were a baby. Or yeah. you had one of their babies. Oh, yeah, that's probably that what they That could have been what it was. Yeah. She was not happy. I'll, I will never forget that. Because they were so cute. They were. Like, oh, my God, you two little nuggets. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, I guess you're just going to. We're going to just leave you yeah. leave you hanging, guys. Bye! I'm just I'm kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so one of our lovely friends in our Facebook group, uh-huh, uh-huh. Joetta, she requested that Sophie did a little mini-series on fairies. So Sophie loved that idea, so she's going to tell you about the brownies. Yep, brownies. So we're going to give the mic to Sophie now. 
Hello, welcome back to another cryptid segment. Today we will be talking about the brownie. A brownie is a household spirit from Scottish folklore that is said to come out at night while the owners of the house are asleep and perform various chores and farming. Human owners of the brownies are must leave a bowl of milk or cream or some sort of offering for the brownie. Brownies are described as easily offended and will leave their homes forever if, if they feel that they have been insulted or in any way taken advantage of. Brownies are mischievous and are often said to punish or pull pranks on lazy servants. If angered, they are sometimes said to turn like boggarts. Brownies originated as domestic spirits. Very similar to the layers of ancient Roman tradition, description of the brownies vary regionally, but they are usually described as ugly, brown-skinned, and covered in hair. In the oldest stories, they are usually human-sized or larger. In more recent times, they have come to be seen as small and wizened. They are often capable of turning invisible, and they sometimes appear in the shapes of animals. They are always either naked or dressed in rags. If a person attempts to present a brownie with clothing, or if a person attempts to baptize him, he will leave forever. So don't give a brownie clothes, because like, they'll feel offended. So Brownies are virtually always male, but female brownies, such as Meg Mullich, or known as Harry Meg, have occasionally been described as well. They're usually envisioned as ugly, and their appearances are sometimes described as frightening or unsettling to the members of the house in which they reside. They receive some names from the fact that they are usually described as brown-skinned and completely covered in hair. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a great day um, or night or whatever time you are listening to this. Uh, have a nice time, I guess. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks, Sophie, so much. So I did. I discovered while assisting Sophie in doing this research that I pissed off my brownie. And brownies can be greatly offended at just about anything. Apparently, they're sensitive creatures. Okay. And so they're like house elves, you know. Uh-huh. Like they they're supposed to assist you, and they don't want you to see them though. Like they okay. get offended if you see them working. They don't like that. They get offended. They do. <laughs> okay. If you try to baptize them, they flip the fuck out. I guess they don't we, want you to baptize. Them. You know, they're baptize- like, we gotta baptize our buddy here, man. Savior Jesus. <sighs> Dunk, dunk. I don't fucking know, dude. This is what I read. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Anyways. I grew, so up, I grew up loving fairies and thought they were cool. She and did. Yeah, I was obsessed with fairies. She was. Like, my like she's the little Miss Fairy Goddess over here. Yeah, I'm she's the mermaid, mermaid goddess. goddess. I'm definitely a fairy goddess. <laughs> like, for real, though, like, okay, so I've always, I know this is crazy, but especially now that I'm older, I've always related to villains more than I am, like, the heroes in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but Maleficent is one of my favorite characters, yes. and that's one of my favorite I love movies. Maleficent. It is, and, but I feel like that's me. Like, I'm that, that's my kind but of fairy. she's good, though. She is good. She did she's, a bad she's thing, the queen but fa- she did good. Um, she, re- she, I, she, yes, yes she, she did. did a bad thing. She, but she, she did a bad did thing. It. She and made it up. She made up for it. Yes, yeah. and she had reasons behind it. I mean, I know, but she still did raped her and cut off her okay, wings. But she still did it. Yeah, you don't. Bad you thing. you don't know. Anyways, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Maleficent, and I feel like yes. that's me. I'm like a and little. I love Angelina uh, Jolie as Maleficent. She does such a good. So, do you know the little girl, like in the first movie, when Beastie is a little girl? Mm-hmm. That's actually her daughter. I I, heard, you, I read didn't that. Didn't you tell me that? Before? I don't. I don't know, but, but I did they remember made, reading it. Yeah. Because they just, they, all the other kids were scared of her and her costume, her, yeah. but they knew that that was, she knew She's that was like, her mom. She's like, that's my mom. Yeah, so what? that's, they got 
her little daughter. I don't remember. Which I feel like it was perfect yes. because I think her name's Vivian. Knox and Vivian's the twins. Yeah. But she looks just like, yeah. she could, you know, it could have been blonde her. hair. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah. So I'm a fairy girl. She's a mermaid girl. And fairies are cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. But, um. But, um. Robin. <laughs> Robin. But, um. But, um. We should have a drinking game. Uh, really, though, with my ums and your nose. Uh-huh. So annoying for editing, guys. <laughs> oh my god, you smarter. Okay, I think we, we should go. We should end this. Y'all don't want to hear us anymore. Um, but thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on our Instagram, it's at literally disturb podcast. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, we don't really do anything on there because I don't know how to use Twitter. Um, <laughs> but you can follow us. Yes, <laughs> it's at literally D Pod. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, just look up Literally Disturbed. And we have a really cool group, and there's a lot of people joining, and we're having fun conversations. And we would really appreciate if you would join in because we like friends, mm-hmm. and that's a way for us to be able to like talk to y'all yeah, and like and be about a little better cool subjects. And y'all give us some like suggestions. Because and listen, you guys, y'all are listening to us ramble on about our lives. Okay, we it's like only to- fair that you reciprocate. Yes, we. <laughs> I love being on there. I don't. I'm trying to interact more because, like, I'm. I don't know why, but I don't know if anybody else has this struggle. But I suck at replying, replying cause in your head, and then not actually physically doing it. But it's like a mental you. thing for me. I yeah, don't know. No, like, I, I just get anxiety about it, and I'm like, it's like you want to respond the right way, and you yes. have to be in the right mental state to respond that way. But then, yes, actually being in that right mental state Gives never me comes. Anxiety <laughs> even more. I don't know. I just have an anxiety problem. I but do too. I just know that I I, I enjoy you. it. It's and fun. thank you guys so much for supporting us. And please, if you have a true crime or paranormal story that's personal to you or someone you know, please send it into our email. We have enough to have our first episode, but we want to keep doing it. So we want to have a, like yes. enough for two before we start. Yes. So thank you guys for those that have sent them mm-hmm. in, but you can send it into our gmail it's literally disturbpodcast at gmail.com and just put it up like in the subject that it's a listener story and if you have any suggestions on stories that you want us to cover as well please send that into our email and just label it as that and make sure you send it to the email otherwise it's going to get lost into the abyss because by the time we get to yeah. doing these episodes you're going to be like where the hell did we see yeah. that at yes so, so thank you guys but when we have that. it in our gmail we put it all in a folder yes um oh and please friends Call to action. That's what you're supposed to do when you're doing social meds. That's what Sophie calls it, social meds. Uh, so anyways, yeah, share, please, friends. Share with your friends. Share with yes. your loved ones. Share with your mama. Your, unless your daddy, she, your bald-headed granny with holes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was just a memory that unlocked. Anyway, sorry. We, we have a lot of those moments yeah. in, together. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but please, yeah, share because don't be selfish with your love. <laughs> sorry. Um, Just you got to share the love. Yes. And and make your friends be friends with us. And then like, listen, one day y'all could all just be hanging out in your living room and we're hanging out with you sort of metaphorically. <laughs> y'all listening. Chill. Y'all get to get some like pizza rolls. They're done with us. <laughs> They're so get, done with get us some, right now. Some wings. Stop. <laughs> get, get all like comfy and cozy. <laughs> Put on literally disturbed y'all. Uh, hopefully by then we'll have a YouTube channel. We're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. You Bear know, listen. Okay. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had internet issues for a couple weeks and 
screwed some stuff up. It's fixed now, but I've been not able to do things that I need to do. <laughs> and we are really behind on like everything extra. Yeah. So Patreon fans, extra bonus content. It's coming. I love you. We're sorry. Um, you know, we're trying here. And if anybody else <laughs> has experience with YouTube and want to give us what? like some pointers and some advice, please, please, please <laughs> help us because I, I have know. no idea what I'm doing. And I, well, I don't, I don't know. Just help, just help. help. <laughs> okay, bye, okay, guys. Bye. <laughs>